1: Pete Wright. And I'm Andy Nelson. Welcome to the next reel. When the movie ends, our conversation begins. Zindagi Namelegrabara is over. The only time a man should be in a box is when he's dead. Boys trip Zindagi we were talking about it this week. We're continuing our series of uh, films that were released 10 years ago uh, in line with our release 10 years ago. And it is our first Indian Hindi language film that we've talked about on the show, I
0: believe. Is that true? Yes, it is. It is our, our first one. And, uh, it's kind of exciting to like dip into Bollywood here and just kind of uh, get a taste of what, uh, some of the films that come out of, uh, India are like. So, um, yeah, we're kicking it off with Zoya Akhtar. This is another film in our 10 year anniversaries series. This film came out in 2011 and was quite the hit. And, uh, so now, yeah, it's, it's on the list because another film that, received um, a lot of positive reviews. A lot of people seemed to like this film when it came out. And so as we were putting this list together, again, it wasn't something we'd heard of, but sounded interesting and it had those high scores. So we said, you know what, let's drop it on our list and talk about it. See how see how it is. And uh, I I think it's time for us to do the um, review swap. What do you think I thought of this movie? Well, the fact that you talked about it on the Saturday matinee and how much you enjoyed it. Oh,
1: you listened to Saturday matinee. God.
0: didn't help your case here because you already stupid, said stupid, stupid. how great a time <laughs> you had with the film. So, uh, yes. So I already know. And uh, Uh, I'm assuming that uh, you read my letterbox review. No,
1: I haven't. I saw that you reviewed it and I didn't because (laughs) I shut my ear holes and eye holes off when I see those reviews. (laughs) Unlike you who left your ear holes open. No, I I don't know what you thought. I wasn't even expecting
0: it to come up. And then all of a sudden there you were talking about it. I know. I, I was excited about it. I was so excited about it.
1: Uh, okay, I also think you loved it. I think you you had a blast with this movie. Yeah, I don't know if it's a five-star movie for you, but I know that it's definitely going to stand as a highlight in our series of 10-year anniversary films this year.
0: All right. Well, this film, when it was released here in the States, was not rated. But in context of everything, it is very mild. Uh, there's just not a lot offensive in any way in this film. There's there's some kissing, you know. There's some scenes of, of you know implications, people in bed together, things like that. But uh, you know, mild profanity, some drinking, but but nothing that I would say is going to turn anybody off. <laughs> You want to watch this movie and help us out? If you see an Apple or Amazon link to this in the show notes, just click on it. It'll take you right to their site. You can rent or buy the movie, and we get a little tiny piece in return. It really helps us out, and we really appreciate it. We're opening our game in the merch store. You know, merch is a great, great way to support this show.
1: If you want to buy a logo shirt or... Uh logo mug travel mug get some stickers it's all over in our t public store Uh, and we are dropping new logos from many of the movies that we talk about on the show in addition to the classic uh the the classic next real logo merch so it really helps us out if you um you know if you're looking for a way to support the show not quite ready to become a member don't really aren't really interested in any of the other stuff we do get yourself a shirt
0: That's a great way to help us out. We are now featuring audio reviews from you, our dear listeners. We haven't been featuring many because we're the ones that we've gotten are more for movies a little farther down the line. So we'd love it if people start watching some films and just sending us the reviews in and then we'll throw them onto the shows. Uh, Just send your 30-ish second audio review to reviews at truestory.fm as soon as you watch the movie. And we just might showcase it on the show. You got to get them in quick. We record about two weeks in advance. Guinness Reviews at truestory.fm.
1: And if you're a fan of Letterboxd.com like we are, uh, you can check out our HQ page over there. We've got all of our watch lists, uh, all of the lists of films we've talked about, um, the reviews, uh, links to stories. It's all up there on our Letterboxd HQ page at Letterboxd.com slash The Next Reel. And if you are um, Letterboxd curious and you're interested in up in your Letterboxd game, you can upgrade from the free plan to a pro or patron membership. Just use the discount code nextreel. Or visit thenextreel.com slash letterboxed and uh, the code will automatically be applied on the page that you visit there. Twenty percent off. It works for renewals as well. Nextreel at checkout or thenextreel.com slash letterboxed.
0: This podcast is an independent podcast, and, uh, you know, one way you can let us know that you enjoy the show is to support us uh, by becoming a member. Uh, You know, we use Memberful, which is essentially Patreon. If you're familiar with Patreon, it's pretty much the same thing. They're the same company, just Memberful. It integrates into your own site, so you don't have to go to Patreon's website to sign in there. Uh, But that's one thing that you could do to help us, just becoming a member and supporting the show. Members get early access to all of the episodes and all sorts of member bonus episodes. It's like Christmas. It's it's Christmas. If you celebrate Christmas and you're thinking, you're sitting there thinking as
1: you're building your Christmas list, what could I possibly get Pete and Andy? You now have so many options. You have uh, merch. You could get yourself a shirt and you'd be giving back to Pete and Andy and the rest of the team here. You you, you join Letterboxd and you're giving back to Pete and Andy and the whole Next Real team by doing... Look at all the gifts that you could get or become a member. And you, once again, are giving back. And so many bonus episodes. We have so many bonus episodes. We've got a flick chart re-ranking episode that comes up at the end of every season. We've got... or Every month, we've got our retake episodes where we we wrap up at the end of each season that we do. We've got bonus movies that we talk about, series that that come in to fill the series. Uh, a series of... Uh, years long, long ago uh, with so many, so many bonus episodes. And uh, we would love it if you would check those out, but you can't check them out unless you become a supporting
0: member. And members can vote on the movies that we're talking about each month as our member bonus episodes.
1: Head to truestory.fm slash TNR membership to learn more about all the membership tiers. Most of it will cost you 5 bucks a month or $55 a year.
0: to the man cave on this couch wearing clothes made from recycled plastic and I haven't showered since Thursday
1: Mandy Fabian and on this couch lover of all things real housewives and fart jokes
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a good one. Oh
1: god Mandy Kaplan Each week, these best friends and polar opposites hunt down a movie, TV show, or trend. Whether it's Brene Brown or Little House on the Prairie. Or something good. Okay, that's unnecessary. And drag it back to the cave to duke it out. I'm just saying the Ingalls never break into song and it needs it. Not everything has to be. Everything needs music. You think Schindler's List should be a musical. Everything would be better everyone would just sing. It's the worst. It's the worst. I should sing that. You're the worst. Uh, Ladies, can we get back to the. Sorry, uh. Tune into the man cave wherever you get your podcasts to see if the friendship survives. You're so dramatic. It's a comedy podcast. So's your face. <gasps> That's a good one. Zindaginamalegadabara. The most, I don't, whatever you think of the movie, it's the most fun title we have. It possibly. In is. the entire collection, ever. Possibly. Yeah. Possibly. It's a great title.
0: Love it. And it roughly translates. Well, it it directly translates to life will never come again. Roughly, you only live once. That's essentially the message of the title.
1: Let me ask you, let me ask you this. This is the most important question I think that I have for you about the entire show. How glad are you that this wasn't the Indian remake of The Hangover?
0: <laughs> I the hangover was great. I don't know if I would have had a problem with that. If it was hangover 2 or hangover 3, I would have a serious <laughs> issue because those were those were hot trash. But uh no, this film um it, I I didn't know what to expect with the film. I mean, I had kind of read the synopsis and I had an idea. Uh would I'd seen the trailer. It was you know, three buddies on a road trip through Spain, but I didn't really have a sense of what the story was. And I guess what what struck me right away is you know we have we meet our three main characters and uh they each have something going on in their lives one of them is getting married and so this is this trip that they do periodically uh with each other where they go and do like these adventure sports types of things um also is kind of substituting for the bachelor party so there's that one But does he really love her? Is it really the right thing to do? So that's going on in his life. You've got another uh, of these friends who really wants to go to Spain because his father lives there who he has never met before. He kind of left his mother as soon as he found out uh, that she was pregnant. And so, you know, that whole thing, quest to connect with your blood. And then the third one is just very um, much kind of that focused on on money and and being a stockbroker, but is that what 's going to make him happy and so you know we kind of get a sense that there 's something going on with each of them, plus there 's some obviously some back history between them, there had been some infighting that had happened. And so we get these little bits and pieces, and then they go on to this journey in Spain. And I, I realized as I started watching this, I'm like, oh, this is going to be one of these personal journey stories, uh, you know, and and one of the favorites of both you and I, of course, is the Secret Life of Walter Mitty remake. Mm-hmm. I love this type of story where somebody's going on a personal journey to figure themselves out. And here we have this trio essentially doing just that. And so once I kind of like, oh, this is going to be one of these movies, I was just like, I I don't know. It had me hook, line and sinker. It took me a little while to get into the movie because I was so struck by how
1: gorgeous everybody is in this movie.
0: They're, they're every single one of them.
1: Every <laughs> oh single God. one of them. It's not, and it's not like you know. We were, we were talking about um, you know where the beautiful, beautiful people are. In um, where do we go now? right like there's yeah. there was always the, the they were all in beautiful. this beautiful they they they're all here they were all it turns <laughs> out they weren't in Lebanon they were in Spain making this movie because there was no one no one even the ruddy skydiving instructor was was handsome you know like they were so gorgeous everybody in this movie uh Salman Habib the actor uh, Nasiruddin Shah playing the bit part of the old man father artist He was handsome, like everybody was was off the charts in this movie. And I I thought that was hysterical. I I worried, I really worried that that they were it was just going to be a play on tropes, right, that it was just going to be, you know, taking the obvious lessons of life change. And not doing anything sort of interesting with it. But I have to tell you, I was really moved by all of the, I think, anchored around all of these life-changing experience moments of of them, you know, jumping out of airplanes, deep-sea diving, and then finally running with the bulls. Um, Not to mention the Tomatia uh, Festival. I mean, I I thought all of those three big anchor moments really did an able job of separating my internal sort of movie watcher from that sort of trope road like i it was it was able to shake things up just enough so that i didn't get you know i didn't get sort of overrun by i've seen it before everybody was i think did such a good job of handling their own journey that as as simple and sweet as the movie was it it didn't get saccharine
0: to me it didn't overdo it yeah Exactly. And I was kind of worried because I'm like, oh, this could be one of these things where it turns into this kind of saccharine suite of story with these characters and they each have to go on their journey. And, you know, we're going to see all of that happen. And, uh, you know, the guy is going to end up not with the not with his fiance by the end. And like it all was very predictable. and I And with that often comes that concern that they're going to use that to kind of uh, create maudlin emotions out of it all that I just don't buy. I Every one of these characters, I was wholly invested in. Like, I, they created such interesting just kind of journeys and relationships between them that I just, like, I bought into all of it. And the way that their stories unfolded, like, I really connected with them. And, and all of the little bits and pieces, it just, it, it surprised me at every turn. I, I was really engaged and happily found this to be a journey worth taking. Okay, so let's talk about the actual inciting incident of the film. The whole
1: reason we're doing this is because our main guy, uh, Kabir, uh, is getting married. And there is a twist to his proposal. Um, we open the film with him on his knees, yeah, uh, uh, you know, with the ring outstretched to his bride-to-be. Natasha, right? Natasha Aurora. And... She says, are you serious? You know, and as you, there, there is that sort of romantic befuddlement that goes on with a proposal. And then the movie takes off and he is, he's suddenly uh, getting married and he brings together these three guys. And even before the credits run, before we get the title screen, we get an entire like packing montage, which Actually, I think does an incredible job of showing us who these characters are by just like how they prepare for a trip and uh, the calls that they have to make. And uh, my goodness, I could watch uh, Arjun pack for three days like he's just meticulous. (laughs) That was packing pornography right there. That was awesome. (laughs) So I I think it actually, the the movie does a really good job of actually bringing you into its world of of setting up who these guys are and what they're in for. And it also sets up up the story that they're each going to be taking together. It's not a short movie, uh, I I think. You know, we're not looking at one of our 90-minute kind of um, uh, song and dance fests. This movie actually invests and, to my eye, completes, by the end of the film, the stories that start in this opening credits montage. Did you feel any sort of emptiness because this was this was to me the big risk that they're going to set up way too much going up, up going on up front that they're not going to be able to make good on at the end?
0: Uh, well, I guess because I knew it was a uh, you know two and a, half, two and a half hour film, I kind of felt like you know they better. They better pay all this yeah. off <laughs> because yeah, right. that's that's right. a that's a long film for this type of thing. I mean, I I I, I had heard Bollywood films are longer, and uh, you know, they fill it with the music and all that sort of stuff, and and uh, so I I was kind of just going in expecting all of that, but again, to, I mean, to your point they They do set all of this up with the characters, and first of all, just as a side note, I was really thrown with the proposal because we have Kabir proposing to Natasha, but then it's like this huge party, and I'm like, is it is this an engagement party? Is that a thing people do like and I was like, well, maybe it was an arranged marriage, and so when it's an arranged marriage, they already know they're getting married, and so they have an engagement party right like that was where my head was because I was like, who has like how would they have known to have a party?" You know, to have this engagement, like it really threw me. <laughs> so later, it all makes so much more sense. Um, yeah. And uh, but at the beginning, I was like, "That's a, that's an odd little tradition." But yes, so I, I loved kind of the setups of these characters, Kabir, Imran, and and Arjun, and they're very interesting. And and even those little moments, like you see Arjun when he's working out and he walks out of the uh, fitness center and runs into this ex of his and they have a very brief exchange and he finds out that she's getting married and like that's the that was the catalyst he needed to go on this trip because he was getting ready to back out of it but he had closed himself off to to so much that I guess he just needed to get away and so I really liked the setup for each of them and and uh, it made for a great setup and yes they really did Give us solid resolutions for each of the characters by the time we get to the end. So yeah, they each had fully completed journeys. And I really liked that with this. And did you notice the the nod to die hard? Yes, the Nakatomi. <laughs> the chairman of the my, Nakatomi
1: Corporation is going to be in this wa- big meeting.
0: <laughs> my wife and I looked at each other and had a had a chuckle at that. <laughs> We're like, Wait, Nakatomi's really good. Just the Nakatomi? Yeah.
1: I I felt like that was uh, that was right on. And then we each get the way the movie is structured. We get to to see the 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 challenges that that each of these men overcome in order to solve their own puzzle. Right. And so the first one we get is Arjun and his, uh, you know, they make it to. uh, Were they already in Spain? Yeah, they were already in Spain. Where were they in Spain when they go diving? That was off the coast somewhere. Costa Brava. Costa Brava. Uh, so they, they went diving, and that is where they met Layla, uh, played by Katrina Cave. And uh, she's uh, delightful, also beautiful. Yes. And I found myself calling her, when I couldn't remember her name, the Jedi fortune cookie. <laughs> because she is the she, she's the one character in this movie that i think comes off with a, a wavering sort of degree of hypersensitivity that i find a bit off-putting that you could tell she is she's she's the one that that particularly for arjun she is leading him out of the darkness of his you know abject workaholism and sometimes sometimes her lines Appeared to be written, and maybe this is because you know the the lines that I have trouble with. I was, you know, I was uh, listening to in Hindi and reading them, uh, and they, they weren't originally and you know spoken in English or written in English. But, but, but I just felt like she's she's the one where I it pulled me out of the veil. It pulled me out of the the story because they would verge into saccharine territory, and I I just. I just couldn't do it. It was too tropey. And so I that broke my heart a little bit because I really like her and I like her role. I just felt like it was so obvious what she was to play in the lives of these guys, um, that it that I got a little bit blech. Prime.
0: really uh, and see yeah. that's just a little bit i mean not like a full star's uh, worth of meh sounds, just, so, just sounds like you had a real issue there i, had a I, I, had a I didn't have uh, the thing with her is that I, I, it, it just plays into kind of the romance all of it uh element of the whole thing and there there definitely was something interesting that had happened i mean we as we learned there had been uh, this kind of infidelity between a couple of our characters where we find out that imran had actually slept with Arjun's girlfriend. The same girlfriend that
1: we meet on the street in London in the beginning, right? Wasn't no. that the same woman?
0: No, no, totally different girlfriend. No, That's it a totally was different girl. No, yeah, that, that was a London girl that was totally separate. Hmm, because he wasn't with her anymore at this point, right? This was a, this was a different girl that had happened four years ago. This the girl that he met in London. He had it was a more fresh, more recent. Breakup. Oh, okay, all right. No, I mistook that. I don't know that it matters, but I did mistake that. Yeah, cuz remember the girl in London, that's he has a flashback later and she leaves him because he is too focused on his work and and has no time for her and and has to leave on her birthday and all that sort of okay. stuff. So Yeah, totally yeah, incredible. yeah. Okay. All right. So, but yeah, 4 years ago Imran had fooled around with Arjun's girl and never really apologized for it, which allowed for it in my mind a great uh, you know, telegraphing of something that comes up later. With an apology and and a moment with uh imran's father i I loved the way all of that played so there was there was already this this animosity between the two of them and the the scene on the side of the road after Imran throws arjun's phone out was was great and and we also learned from Kabir that she really wasn't that great of a girl anyway like you know she was kind of a pain in the butt and and was using arjun and then once she left him for Imran also left Imran for someone else and so it just wasn't a great girl and so they they kind of acknowledge that but there's already kind of this love battle between the two of them and what i enjoyed about what layla brought in is that that i mean she was just carefree and just a vibrant character and it was yes. clear that she was just going to be a fun person to have around but i love the way that uh Arjun instantly is drawn to her, but Imran is the one who like goes up to her first and, and totally starts flirting with her. And and she kind of she doesn't you can tell that she kind of also likes Arjun, but she's also just like, you know, I'm just I'm just here to just have fun. I'm not really here to do anything serious. And so she's just kind of like enjoying Imran's, uh, you know, his his flirts and and kind of just the way that he's. Always presenting himself, but also like when they go to Bunyol and they meet her up with her friend Nuria, cause, cause Imran likes Nuria. She's like, Oh, that I see how that was. And you know, it was great because she didn't ever really care. And that's what was kind of great about her as a character. And so there was a little bit of a setup. Like, is she, is she here for anything? But as it turns out, there was this connection with Arjun that she does end up having. And like I, I loved that moment when she when she bikes after them just to give him a kiss, uh goodbye. And, and you know, that whole thing about regrets, like Yeah, no regrets, right. Those were those were elements that didn't necessarily need to be in there, but it allowed for just kind of that feel of Arjun's uh journey that he needed to go on. And I I, I don't know. For me, I didn't have any issue with any of that because it felt a complete part of what we needed in this story. And I totally
1: agree. And I don't have any problem with her interaction with the three guys, right? As a group, they I think they were really great. And there's just so i mean oozing with charisma on screen, but my challenge with Jedi Fortune cookie is when she had one on one moments right when she had the the like arjun whisperer moments where she had to calm him down or talk to him while they're staring at the stars or those those were the moments that I felt like were um were were a little bit on the the quibbly side for me they they just pushed the boundary uh and, and it sort of leads to the the second minor i mean Minor quibble that I have with the movie, which is the the upset uh, fiance trope. Okay, hold on.
0: So, so just yeah. going back though. So, what was your problem specifically with them when they're laying on the grass in and the in the park, looking up at the stars?
1: I like the idea of them looking up at the stars, but when she says, <laughs> she says things like, uh, I, I, "Driving is like meditation. You're conscious of every breath, every moment. Just imagine." living your whole life like this be fully alive to each and every moment that's a fortune cookie be fully alive to each and every moment is a fortune cookie it is jedi fortune cookie i
0: so I, but you don't say that about uh about imran's poetry throughout the film it's already caged
1: as poetry right it is written as poetry like it, they're telling us this is poetry and to me in the story it's just poetry but she, her, she's—they're giving those words to a human being and making her say them as if they're part of of her <laughs> character. Like, I seize the day, my friend. First, live today to the fullest. Then think about when you become forty years old. Like, I—it's a fortune cookie. It is a Jedi fortune cookie.
0: <laughs> okay, so so you don't like people talking uh, in wise words.
1: I guess I'm not as
0: wizened as I thought. I don't mind.
1: I don't mind wise words. I think the context is everything. No, it's just it's just you feel you feel that you're there now because you're so old. And it feels manipulate. You (laughs) shut your mouth. It feels like I'm being manipulated. (laughs) Uh, In this movie, like it's I know the whole movie is manipulating me to feel a certain way. And let me tell you, when as an example of this, you already brought up the moment when the the heartfelt apology happens between um, the two guys uh, about the girlfriend after the father moment. I saw that coming a hundred miles away. I'd been seeing it coming since they were fighting with each other on the road. I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. I thought, oh my God, they're going to do this thing that I see coming. And then it came and I was moved. I was absolutely moved by that moment. It was performed well. It was written well. It was austere in its own way. And I think they took what could have what, they took a trope and could have made it completely tropey, and those two guys sold it. They nailed it, right? I was 100% in that moment with them. Uh, that that sort of, um, like, really pushing into masculine vulnerability in a movie that could totally have come off the trope rails. And I don't think I can say the same thing about so many of the things that Layla said. I was never really in the moment with her
0: Jedi torch and cookie wisdom. <laughs> okay. Okay. I just want to make sure that that I had a good sense of where you were with all of that. I, I didn't have any issues with it. I thought in context of the film it was fine. And she was that type of character who was gonna be like, you know, living you know living the the lifestyle of the, the crazy person who never settled down. Yeah. And you know that that in and of itself is could also be you know the type of person that you need to make this movie about who finally figures out oh i really do need to settle down right it's like it's it's that her character is a trope in itself of like i just want to be free carefree all my life mm-hmm. well that also could be its own problem it's it's finding a balance and that's you know we don't get that in in her character and certainly arjun his turn to go from you know the extreme um i want to make a lot of money to I want to live carefree and travel the world and not have any uh any uh rules pin me down like mm-hmm. he's he is going from one extreme to another, but you know what in context of the film it's fine I buy it's, it it's a journey I buy and it. I totally buy buy into it yeah but yeah i I can see your point i it just i didn't have any issues with that, but now you said your other issue was the um the 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 fiance that isn't necessarily the right choice trope. Did you have any issues with with that?
1: You probably didn't. You were fine. A
0: hundred percent, you were fine. Uh, no, uh, well, it's interesting because I, I guess there's there is plenty of room for that type of trope in films. It's been used many times in storytelling, and I mean, it can work. It can also be overdone. It, I mean, it came up, and I'm like, okay, well, I'm I'm not surprised that we're going here. Um, the the angle that it took was a little interesting, which I I hadn't really. Uh, explored much where it's like that idea of well now that we're getting married i'm just going to drop everything that i'm doing and you're going to drop everything that you're doing and we're going to become the we unit and it's all just about what we're going to do like there was there was something interesting in that angle that i don't feel like i had seen too often um but i mean yeah it, it that certainly was more of the expected trope i guess i would say
1: yeah and and a little bit just tiresome I mostly because they did a great job in a- affecting my general dislike of her when she shows up like it's all part of the trope mechanism when she shows up on the trip she insinuates herself into the into the the group dynamics which I was really enjoying I felt like we were already going down the road where the movie had sort of committed to um you know to the the journey of these men and and, you know, maybe I, I I didn't need her there, but I get I get it. I get why she was there. It's that additional complicating factor that that pushes the story in new ways and it actually it does push the guys to have another conversation of vulnerability on the rooftop where he comes clean and says you know i was never really you know i I never really intended to propose to her
0: yeah (laughs) which i thought
1: was i thought that moment again like if if that's the punchline to the setup of a trope that i don't care for so much uh then that's that's that was worth it like it it was worth it but well, it was so great. He's I, like, oh,
0: yeah. uh, th- "Look at the ring! It's a mommy ring!" Like, <laughs> yeah,
1: I know. <laughs> I was laughing so hard at that. Like, <laughs> that was so good. That was such a good moment, and it gives us the flashback, which I thought was a really effective use of the moment to open the film and the flashback to the setup of, of the moment later. I thought right. that was really uh, that was yep. really effective, and the, and the whole thing worked. I um I, I just wasn't crazy about some of the other manipulative kind of bits in the in the middle with her showing up and that that whole trip with her driving the car that i'm a i'm a hard rock chick um like that that whole moment was just like oh come on let's move
0: on to the next major beat let's let's be done with this i don't need this i actually didn't have any issues with her joining them like for me that all worked in context of how how they set her up in the story it's like well of course now she's going to show up and then we're going to go through this whole thing of trying to balance that of of Mm -hmm. you know her irritation with her fiance uh and you know kabir's reaction to all of that and the reaction of uh the other two guys and and the other women too like all of them like it it created a nice moment to kind of stir the pot a little bit and i was i was i thought it worked great yeah so I didn't have an issue when she came, but it was more just the fact that it was a trope to begin with to kind of set the I mean, it's essentially the the foundation of the story that, you know, he's engaged to this woman that isn't right for him. Yeah, yeah. That. Uh, but again, it didn't it didn't bug me. And in terms of what you were saying about the other one, the quibbles for this one, you know, they're pretty minor for me.
1: Yeah, they're pretty minor. and And to the movie's credit, they got rid of her pretty quick. Like she, she wasn't in the, on their trip for very long. Yeah, right? just they, for a day. they did just for a day, and that that was, I think, th- that was a good choice. Um, so, I for being a uh, ostensibly a Bollywood movie, I went into this movie expecting more singing and dancing.
0: <laughs> well, and that's, I mean, you know, that is a good question. Like, I, I don't know if this is officially Bollywood. Like, yeah, I guess it is. I don't know, a Hindi cinema. It's often known as Bollywood, formerly Bombay Cinema. It's the Indi- Indian Hindi language film industry based in Mumbai. So this film, I mean, it is an he, Indian... Even though it was shot all over on location in many different places. Yeah, right. Exactly. But it is Hindi language. Yeah. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. know. I, I, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I guess technically it just is. It's like, does every film that comes out, come out of Hollywood have to say, oh, this is a Hollywood film? You know, yeah, I, I don't, so, I don't know,
1: I don't know the answer. You're absolutely right. That's a good comparison. I don't think that's, yeah. I don't think it's true. Therefore, this one probably fits the bill. I, I would say as an aside, I loved listening to the movie. Right, like I found it such a linguistic roller coaster, moving back and forth between Hindi and English. I, that was great! I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. Loved it. Loved it. Like it was just, it was just fun for my ears to kind of play in this. Back to hear the words that you you get, I think, over the course of the two and a half hours, you get sort of attuned to hearing the Hindi and then English words pop up here and there and then full sentences uh, in in English. And so it's a kind of a game to watch this movie for, I think, for non-Hindi bilingual English speakers.
0: When I went and visited um, my buddy in in Singapore, uh, yeah. It, I, it was very much the same, and it really kind of throws you because, like, they would be speaking Malay, but as they spoke Malay, and I mean, there it's almost even a little more because they would go from Malay to English to uh, Mandarin, and, and you know, it was just like yes, yeah, and and I, I'm like, how do you keep track of all of that? He's just like, it's whatever words are the easiest ones to say, you know, the easiest yeah. ones to kind of get the expression across. You just kind of put that out there, and I'm like, wow, <laughs> that's. Amazing. And so yeah, it's kind of, it's fun to hear. And yeah, I mean, this it was so much fun to listen to their, their – just their – the way that they had that patter with their dialogue bouncing between uh, Hindi and English was great. And also, I mean, I mean, it may not have been as much a musical as I was expecting, although it certainly does have a couple of moments that really – I was like, well, there it is. Here's here's our great Bollywood moment. Yeah. But the music, the soundtrack was killer. Like, I just – like, afterward, I watched it with my wife and my mom, and my mom was just like, I want the soundtrack right now. Like, I yes. just – I love all all this music. It was so fun to listen to. Like, it was just it was great. They had lots of good costumes.
1: The big the, the big number with the three guys, Senorita, um, mm. was they, they posted uh, when the movie hit its eight year anniversary, they posted a couple of Instagram po- photos that that were talking about some kind of behind the scenes stuff. And it turns out Serena, <laughs> Serena, Senorita. Was recorded by telling all the actors that the recordings were just a rehearsal. But what was so what we saw, everybody thought was a rehearsal shot. I thought that was really fun. It just, you know, uh, Senorita was a great number. And the all three of the guys that was, you know, you when you just realize how incredibly athletic and uh, graceful all three of these guys are, they're not, (laughs) they're just not, um, you know, macho heartthrobs. They they can, they can sing and dance.
0: Seriously. They definitely. Yeah, it was insane, like, watching them. I mean, because we have this, and then we have the end credits uh, music number when it uh, turns out to be the wedding of uh, Layla and Arjun, which was uh, a great little moment. But yeah, like, all the dancing just, like, was stunning. And I guess this was actually the first time that um, it was the singing debut for, for two of the actors in it, uh, for Dayol and Roshan. They were um, Kabir and Arjun. So they had never actually sung in one of these films before.
1: I uh, I did watch some trailers of, um, of Hrithik Roshan's other movies, and he'd done a movie in 2000, I think, called Mission Kashmir. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's essentially a Rambo movie. And the trailer, it's like, it's like the movie that they were lampooning in Tropic Thunder. <laughs> it's just screaming. It's just him screaming with blood running down his face, and boats blowing up on the water. And now I want to see everything that that these guys have ever
0: done. I mean, everything. Uh, exactly. I
1: don't know if there were any singing and dancing moments, but.
0: Well, I mean, it's interesting because you look at them like, like Farhan Akhtar, who plays Imran. Like, he is part of a big... Yeah, Uh, Bollywood family. His I mean, his sister, Zoya. I mean, we haven't even brought up Zoya Akhtar. She's the writer director of this film. Uh, I should say co-writer. She co-wrote it with Rima Kogti and based on a story that uh, that Zoya and Rima came up together. And then this is kind of that interesting world of that uh, where you have the dialogue writer. And I guess I don't know my uh, because Farhan Akhtar, he actually produced the film and wrote the dialogue for the film. And my sense of that is, it's like when you would hire a specific writer in Hollywood to come in and like punch up the dialogue, right? It's just, yeah. for you know, the way that the Writers Guild works, that person just doesn't get credit anymore. There used to be somebody who got credit as dialogue way back in the day, but it's no longer part of the crediting for Writers Guild. Whereas here in India, Farhan Akhtar still got the dialogue credit. But yeah, uh, Farhan, who played Imran and uh and Zoya our brother and sister are part of the uh, this big uh Akhtar dynasty i guess you could say um and uh his father Javed Akhtar is a poet lyricist screenwriter political activist and his mother mo- his mother Honey is an actress and screenwriter and and yeah it's just you know they're very much part of this big bollywood family
1: yeah and wasn't it it was the father the father did all the poetry. It was the father's original. He wrote the poetry, right? I think I read that.
0: Did you read that? You're right. Yeah, for that that we hear throughout the film, the poetry yeah. was uh, the father's. Yeah,
1: yeah. He is uh, like the just in terms of presentation of these characters. Like I, I think you, uh, you start looking at again the IMDb photos of Faran Akhtar, and he's presented in this movie as as kind of the goofy third wheel friend right slightly longer roughed up hair he's he's always kind of playing jokes and pranks and he he's he's the guy who throws the cell phone out the window like he's just oh he's such a prankster the one who doesn't know how to give an authentic uh, apology yeah yeah right and and they give um they give uh, the arjun all the shirt off shots but That's got to be because Farhan is made of is chiseled of even stronger muscle and sinew uh, than Arjun because his behind the scenes photos are stunning. He should be in a museum just sitting still. You would not be able to tell he's not made of stone. He's (laughs) this is this is an incredible physical specimen right here.
0: Both of them like when when it's the Tomatina festival and they they end up oh, shirtless just, it's like yeah there's there there are probably a lot of thirsty people watching this who are just like uh loving every moment with them or when they're on the beach which was a funny story because it was actually a nude beach that they were filming that when they meet Mela for the first time and so they just had to they had to film it in just the right way to not actually yeah. show any of the, the nude parts of the beach that's funny yeah. Um yeah, I look at this like I'm looking at this
1: promotional picture of him in Bag Milka Bag and I think to myself, when would I have had to start doing sit ups to be able to do that? Like in my life? Six? <laughs> <right>. Five, six. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, I don't remember where we were. Uh, let's talk more about the music, the musical numbers. So it, it, we talked about the there wasn't enough uh, uh, music, but the music was great. The uh, you can get the whole soundtrack. It is on Apple Music and Spotify, uh, and it's uh, fantastic.
0: A lot of great songs. Rita was a fantastic one, but like all the music that played throughout, uh, it was just it was just fun. It was a lot of fun. Uh, music that i just enjoyed so it's definitely one that i I want to pick up and uh listen to
1: this was our second tomatina uh experience this one we get more more of i mean there's exuberant
0: celebration of smashed tomatoes in this movie there definitely is they actually um recreated The festival because they weren't, I I would imagine filming a movie during the actual Tomatina festival is probably difficult. So they recreated it. They had almost 16 tons of tomatoes. They spent $130,000 on them um, that they brought in from Portugal just to make this uh, moment happen. And so, yeah, I can only imagine. Uh, the people of Buñol, Spain, <laughs> like we did it once. Yeah, we really have to go through this again. <laughs> it's like it all again. the damn tomatoes. Jeez. <laughs> uh, that was uh,
1: that was a a really fun little montage moment, and uh, I think it worked well for the characters, and it was a great lead up to our final uh, event. Now that we have jumped out of airplanes and we've done our
0: diving to go run with bulls. I mean, just speaking of music, I mean the song Ik Junoon plays while we're there in La Tomatina which again paint it red very fun song very fun song yeah. yeah and then we go to the running of the bulls which of all of the elements of the film that's the thing that uh created controversy because of animal rights animal rights activists protested the film because of those scenes they wanted um all of that stuff uh cut out of the film and the filmmakers said you know we we put all the paperwork in. Uh, no, no animals were injured or hurt. They, it was cleared, and all it is, we're just showing the culture of Spain. But even like there was a Spanish American artist, Charo, who sent a letter on behalf of PETA asking to please remove the scenes. One of those things. I mean, the running the bulls happens. It's just yeah, one of those things. I guess that it's still here for me. I don't know enough about the running of the bulls to to speak to the animal rights side of it, because for me, it seems like if anyone's getting hurt, it's the people because there was that one guy who got skewered and trampled. What a dumb thing to do <laughs> there. Yeah, there were a few. And I'm like, that's that there's a reason I will never do that, because it's just as. Yeah, people get gored and hurt and eesh, ouch. No, thanks.
1: Yeah, I I'm with you. I don't know. Like, I'm not I'm not crazy about bullfighting. Right. I'm not crazy about stabbing the bulls. I'm not crazy about any of that. Um, but the bull run like I don't know. I don't know what happens to the bulls at the end. Right. What happens at the end with the bulls? Are they they're fine? They go back into they can go up to a farm upstate. They're
0: fine. I I, I hope so. Well, I always look at it as the reverse of the bullfights. Like, this is the bull's chance to get their revenge. Yeah, <laughs> but to get their uh, revenge. Know, maybe that was just my, my uh, like, silly view of it. I, you know, and honestly, I'm being, I'm being fairly silly. Yeah. Um, I mean, looking at it right now, every year between 50 and 100 people get injured during the run. Not all of the people have to get hospitalized, but, you know, a lot of them. Goring is less common, but it can be life-threatening. In 2013, six participants were gored. Uh, In 2012, only four people uh, were injured by the horns, and so it's, you know, it is a thing. Since 1910, there have been
1: 15 deaths in the bull run of Pamplona. 15! And 14 of them are goring, which I feel like you are you, you it's written on the tin that's how you're gonna go if you're gonna go you, this is how it's going to be in in 1977 there was the one where he suffocated
0: in a pileup what opponents say about the issues that they feel that it's not a good thing they say the bulls get mentally stressed by the harassment and voicing of their participants and spectators some of the animals can die because of the stress especially if they are roped or if they bring flares in their horns oh. it is one of those things where Animals can get very stressed out with it. A lot of places that have done these similar things, like Mexico and other places, they, they have get, been canceled. Um, just so you know, though, as of 2002, there was something r- run before the running of the bulls. It was called the running of the nudes. And I think that's probably a little safer. <laughs> do, you think, do you think the people who are running nude are as mentally stressed? But, but they, do,
1: they do make the nudes wear horns. Just just to you know just to to make it feel like the real thing you're just naked running down the streets of Pamplona. here's the problem with the running of the bulls and why i think i think i'm as we talk about it i am coming out against it if you were to go out into an open field and scream at a bull and then run away from it and see if it would follow you uh that that might be i might be okay with that but putting them in these narrow human created alleyways like it is a it is a wildly unnatural environment for the bulls i know it is such a feat of masculinity a demonstrations of virility but it is it is it is cruel genuinely cruel i think to the animals and uh and, and so i i think i stand with you that it should be called bull's revenge and then it should be stopped. Like it, it probably is a thing that we're we've moved past uh, as as humans.
0: I'm, I'm like this whole running of the nudes thing. Like now I'm into this whole thing. Like there are yeah. other ways you can do this. Like I like this one in 2008. Yeah. Red Red Bull Racing they had it where it was a version where Formula One cars would chase runners. <laughs> <laughs> What? Who's going to win on that one? <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's in, in, terrible. In Bally James Duff, Ireland, they have the Pigs Run. Uh, this is crazy. I didn't know there were so many. They do a running of the sheep in New Zealand. Uh, there is uh, in Anchorage, Alaska, there's a running of the reindeer. So. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Should a are lot any, of these different like, things. We don't like any of those things. Like, Why would I want to run from a sheep? It's, well, it's 1,000 to 2,000 sheep. So it, oh, it could just be that the, there's a lot of them, and if you fall, you know that's a lot of hooves that are going to be trampling or going on you.
1: <laughs> okay, uh. can you just can you just think for a minute about this one? The running of the bulls, UK. It is a pub crawl event that takes place in London's Hampstead Heath and uses fast human runners in place of bulls, but it's also a pub crawl. Yeah. How does so you you have to go drink and Dude, then just, you run, run, run from real other fast people from pub to pub because those fast runners <laughs> they're gonna run you down, <laughs> get you. Isn't that we they actually that was World's End? Oh, that was wow. just a, it was a documentary. My gosh. Okay, that's funny. I like the, the French Quarter running of the bulls in the French Quarter New Orleans. They actually do put people on skates and wear horns and red shirts and they just sk- skate around the French Quarter. And there is a guy apparently dressed up as a giant bull, but there are no bulls actually in the French yeah. Quarter
0: as far as I know. So which which would you, would you do any or all of these? There's the, there's the scuba diving, there's the skydiving, and there's the uh, running of the bulls. Did you find yourself, like, did you find when you're watching any of those, did
1: you did you get a little tight in your gut as you're thinking, as you kind of put yourself in one of those
0: situations? I mean... Well, scuba diving I've done, uh, so I have no yeah, done, fear of yeah. that. That's, that's an easy one. But I get it if you're afraid of that kind of the claustrophobic idea of underwater and, and I mean, for some people, the whole idea of... Breathing through something underwater is—I mean—it is, I mean, it is a scare. and you can see yeah. with Arjun. Yeah, absolutely, it's something that is a struggle for him. Um, Skydiving—I used to want to do. Um, I had a roommate uh, briefly in college who had skydived and skydove skydived. He succeeded, but he landed wrong and broke his back, and was spent the rest of his life spent is spending the rest of his life in a wheelchair. So, oh, okay, that, so that to me is like that one you know, off the list. I guess I don't know, need to do that. <laughs> that kind of, yeah. yeah, put the kibosh on that for me. Um, running the Bulls, I never wanted to do, so. But I would do La Tomatina, <laughs> even though it's gross. I would do La Tomatina, Tina. Yeah, I would
1: I would do that one for sure. And uh, I, the thing I kept thinking about is, what would it take for me to be a guy who could get in the truck? Like, I want to be a truck guy, because that looks really fun. <laughs> like Driving around, throwing, throwing to, tomatoes and like falling back into the doing the nesty plunge into the trucks that that looked really fun Um, so i think that would probably be the only one yeah (laughs) tomato sledding that would be cool too i am i'm not crazy about any of them i have a real sort of open water issue that i haven't quite gotten to come to terms yet but um you know i know exposure therapy is a thing not crazy about it
0: well i'll tell you the thing with scuba diving that that is great to know like when you're when you're in the water and you're you don't have anything on, you can't see what's under you, it's a lot more nerve wracking. When you have, you know, goggles on and you're actually under the water and you can see everything, yeah, it you feel a lot more comfortable. I've yeah, I, I, I found that. and I think I've heard other people who feel the same.
1: Well, and that's what I that's why I've heard the same thing about about jumping out of the plane, is that when you're jumping out of the plane, it can be super terrifying. When you're yeah. falling, it's not like you're falling at all right? It just just, is really exhilarating floating. And, and so that you you have a greater sense of of control. It's all fake control, uh, but you feel (laughs) like you're in control. (laughs) So I don't think I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm, this movie did not propel me to actually pick up the phone and schedule an appointment.
0: So in other words, our plans for an upcoming uh, trip will not include us uh doing adventure sports where we're each gonna pick something no. to surprise the other <laughs> no No, we can pick a movie
1: theater somewhere in the world and we can just go there
0: we'll and watch, watch movies a about the adventure sports movie yeah,
1: yeah. Okay. in right. D box it'll be great oh, there you go That's It's great. just former bull runners spitting on you at, at exciting parts of a movie
0: oh my 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 all right, well let's okay. let's uh, so the actors we I I mean I really just loved all these actors Hrithik Roshan, Farhan Akhtar, uh Abay Diol, uh, like that trio. They worked so well as a trio. And then you throw Layla into the Mexico Katrina cave. I, I just I enjoyed the presence that all of them brought to screen. And yeah, absolutely. I was kind of like with you. I'm like I would watch, you know, more movies with any of these three. Like I just I found them such an enjoyable Cast that it was just it was an easy watch for me.
1: Yeah, and if any of them are listening, I would join you for dinner too. Uh, Like I, (laughs) we, I feel like we'd have a lot to talk about.
0: (laughs) Maybe we could do a little karaoke or something after, like just a cast party with Pete. I want to learn some of dance moves. Like seriously, (laughs) yeah. Like the dance moves they have, it's insane. Like I just like yeah, any of them. It's just it's great. It's great. Yeah. So what do you think Zoya brought to the table as the director of this? This was not not her first film. This was this was her uh, her second film. She had done a film before Luck by Chance, but this was her second film. I haven't
1: seen, obviously, Luck by Chance. This was this was my first chance to see anything of uh, Zoya. But as her second film, what a capable filmmaker right there is yeah. a lot going on in this movie, so much going on in this movie at any given point and uh, i I never felt like I was um, in an out of control experience at all like i I felt like as much as she i, I as much much as I have quibbles with some of the, the hyper sincerity and the romance uh, that she was trying to bring to it and the Jedi fortune cookie elements, um, I, I do get a sense that these are things that she loves and that she she was super intentional about as, as she built the, the sort of pieces to this this particular puzzle. So I I felt like she was um uh, she really handled it well. Um I, I do love all the settings. I mean every single one of the settings offered something new and unique shooting from shooting underwater to shooting in midair to shooting, you know, in the, the bulls felt super active and uh like great action sequences that didn't feel out of place in a movie like this. And of course the dancing it was a fantasy. And I I think it was I think she did a really,
0: really good job. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I I thought she captured the uh, the characters so well for this type of story. Like, they just, they all felt so authentic. And I just, I, I really just enjoyed every moment that we had with them. So I, I, I and, and there were little moments. I mean, it wasn't like an overtly directed film or anything like that. Like, nothing like that screamed, like, hey, look at me, I'm directing a movie. Um, and as much as I love that sort of stuff, it wasn't anything like that. But there was like there was one great little moment I noticed when they when they leave Bunol, Spain, and they say goodbye to Layla they drive away and there's this moment where they drive under an overpass and the three guys like fade into darkness. And it was just that like little moment. And then we cut to Layla as she decides she wants to chase after them. And, um, but like just that, that idea of just like fading into black to use as the cut, like gave us a great sense of place for these guys, specifically Arjun, or yeah, who, who just, you know, he, found a connection finally with someone and kind of didn't want to leave. And so I, but I, I, I enjoyed like those little, they're small moments, but they were very effective. So I, I, yeah, I just uh, definitely enjoyed what she did here and certainly would love to check out more of her films. I would too. I particularly, I'd like to, as I was looking through her films, I, would, I
1: stumbled on Gully Boy, which was her two night, 2019 film uh, again, produced by uh, her and Farhad and um, she wrote and directed it. Um, uh, it is the story of street rappers in mumbai and i the trailer looks fantastic uh it's currently a 7.9 on imdb like uh it just feels like i, I it feels like we need to dive into some more of these films that's what i'm saying
0: yeah yeah yeah,
1: yeah. i did not find this but you wrote in our notes video game oh
0: yeah so <laughs> I don't know I again I don't know enough about the Bollywood uh world of of films and stuff but apparently this was uh the sort of movie that it's it's popular enough to make a video game about a mobile video game so for your phone it was based on the film and its, its experience at the La Tomatina Festival specifically. Uh, the film came out shortly after the movie did. I don't know much about it, but I, that really fascinated me. There was also Eyewear. They, the, the company Opium um, had some ex- exclusive glasses that they released with this film. So very popular Bollywood film. And it, it really kind of shows in the ways that they were able to kind of get all of this sort of stuff out there in the world of marketing.
1: Wow. Well, I I don't know if I would play that game,
0: but I. <laughs> <laughs> well, what are you doing? Like, are you throwing tomatoes? Like, is that the whole thing? I know it's, it's specifically <laughs> know. At La Tomatina. Uh, I, guess,
1: I guess it's just a tomato toss. <laughs> tomato toss with Zoya. Uh,
0: I'll take it. Just one more thing that I would just want to say. So of the of the stories, you know, we we it's really a journey for our three. Are our three leads that we have here, you know, we're, we're following each of them as they try to figure themselves out. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, I think that it works, you know, uh, Kabir is the one who doesn't know if he wants to get married to this woman. Imran is the one who's in search of his father. And uh, Arjun is the one who um, wants money. Did you find any of those stories, like these, the main story, like the crux that, that worked the best for you? Uh well I I feel like I was most attached to the workaholic
1: right that that whole story of like let me because I think <laughs> I don't want to speak for you man but I think we spend a lot of time at our computers Right. Working, answering email, like <laughs> producing podcasts, like the, the whole idea that, you know, this is this guy exists in an extreme uh, and he is motivated by things that I am not necessarily motivated by. Right. Acquisition of wealth is not really my <laughs> number one uh, sort of inspiration, but uh, being able to to stop and look around, I think occasionally that's a lesson that that I could uh, I could listen to, you know, that I that I think it really connected for me um so i i was most attentive to his story uh second to the search for father i thought that was a great story and and resolved itself nicely third it was the marriage story i mean that was just like i i didn't i I like that he overcame that and i i particularly like the tool of actually resolving that story in the credits run right I, I thought that was a nice touch, uh, being able to see that she's with uh, she's with somebody new now, and he's and everybody. They were actually at at Layla and what's his name's wedding. I thought that was really cool, Arjun's wedding. I thought that was really cool um, because it it sort of ties up a lot of loose ends all in all in one. So that's the order for me of of stories I was most interested in. What do you think?
0: I, I'm really torn between Arjun's and Imran's stories. Uh, Arjun, I and really for, largely for the reasons that you said, but like, like one of my favorite moments of Arjun's story is when he stops the car and he has to take this call or hop onto his computer to have this meeting with this Japanese businessman, Nakatomi. And, and the other two are looking at him, and and they're like, does he even see, like, where we are? Like, this is, like, the most beautiful place. I mean, it was a stunning stop on the yeah. side of the road. And he's just, like, staring into his computer, completely oblivious to that. And that spoke a lot to Arjun and the journey that he would be taking over the course of this. And and, and that moment that he had after his scuba dive, when he's on the boat, and and has that moment of of, like, peace and reflection of, like, reliving the experience that he just had like that was i mean that is a powerful um reaction to to kind of have to that And i, I really enjoyed that uh, but at the same time wow that confrontation that imran had with his birth father uh salman habib um wow that was a punch in the gut and when when he asks him he's just like i only have known about you for a year you've known about me my whole life did you ever want to meet me yeah and solomon looks at him and says not really
1: N- not really like
0: <laughs> oh my god wow just wanted to slap him uh just i mean yeah. it, it, that was that was but also, for me that was a powerful wonderful
1: moment what a wonderful moment of like authenticity like i don't think it would have served him at all not to get an honest answer from this guy who abandoned him like oh of course that search was going to be futile i i uh, you know i think it was just really well written and well played
0: that's Um, what it was that's what it was but also it allowed for that honest that line to come back when when solomon says look i'm sorry as as imran's getting ready to leave and then imran turns to him and repeats what arjan had said to him he's like don't apologize unless you're you know, honest yeah. about it or whatever. Yep. And that was that great punch in the gut that he finally got it and, uh, and used that as a tool against this uh, loser father of his. And then later does that amazing apology to Arjun, like, oh, man, just like that. Like, his growth, I found really powerful. And then when he calls his mom, it's just like, I, I don't know. See, I almost would put Imran over Arjun just because of how emotionally connected I ended up feeling with that journey in those last bits. Yeah. Um, but both of those are, are you know, way up there for me. And, yeah, Kabir, it, that, was, that was a very much kind of expected one that essentially gets the story going, but it wasn't the one that I connected with nearly as much as the other two. Yeah, I agree. Me too. Yeah. We didn't even talk about the strangeness of Im- <laughs> Imran's weird obsession with the bag. What was Baggy doing? Like that was oh, the strangest. God, you're
1: to- you're right. We didn't mention that at all. He kept putting glasses on it. That was crazy. <laughs> so weird.
0: I was that laughing was really every time. Funny. Like he well when it's a 12,000 It wasn't even his
1: bag, right? It was a gift for what's her name? For it the
0: bride? Uh you're right, exactly. For Natasha. It it yeah. was one of the but I think he was obsessed with it. The fact that it was twelve thousand euros. Like that is yeah. an expensive, expensive bag. So I can see why he was obsessing over it because he's just like there what is what is up with this thing? Like why is this thing so much money? Yeah, that's crazy. We will be right back, but first our credits.
1: The next reel is a production of True Story FM, engineering by Andy Nelson, music by Sharabina, Oriol Novella, and Eli Catlin. Andy usually finds all the stats for the awards and numbers at d-numbers.com, boxofficemojo.com, imdb.com, and wikipedia.org. Find the show at truestory.fm. If your podcast app allows ratings and reviews, consider doing that for our show. I hear, I hear there is hope that there might be a sequel to this movie.
0: Yeah, they haven't talked about it since, oh, 2015. I don't think. Uh, No, since 2019, actually. Uh, Zoya, like right when the film came out, she said she had an idea for a sequel. It would be, you know, uh, the same actors reprising their roles. One of those stories were five or six years later and seeing where they are now sort of thing. Um, But no real confirmations had happened. Uh, Her brother, Farhan, said there was no necessity for a sequel. But Zoya is the one who seems... More interested potentially in doing one. I, I don't know. She's been back and forth. In 2013, she said she was interested in writing the sequel after her next film. But then in 2019, she said, honestly, people want a second movie, but I think the best franchise would either be Lucky ba- Luck by Chance or Dilda Dilda Doe. No idea what that means. How's that? That's been a so, so it sounds like she, if, if she's going to do a sequel, it's to one of her other films, not this one. So I I don't think we'll be seeing that, sadly. All right. Well, it's nice to know it's
1: out there, but I don't think I need it either. I really was, I I was satisfied with this. Not
0: everything needs a sequel. I was satisfied with this as well. How to do an award season. Whew, I tell you, it's a whole other world over there in Bollywood. Uh, 32 wins, 22 other nominations. I'm not even going to wow. go through all of the different awards that are over there, but I'll just name off a few. At the annual Central European Bollywood Awards India, it won for Best Film Director and Supporting Actor for Farhan Akhtar, who played uh, Irman and nominated uh, Hrithik Roshan uh, for Arjun, supporting actress Kalki Kochlin, who was Natasha, and supporting actor Abe Diol, who played uh, Kamir. So a lot of nominations, three other wins. At the awards for the International Indian Film Academy, it won the—it it separated awards for technical achievement. It won sound mixing, story, screenplay, choreography for the song Senorita, cinematography and editing. It also won the popular awards for Best Picture— director and actor farhan akhtar also nominated for popular awards lead actor Rithik roshan supporting actor abai diol supporting actress kalki Koechlin, music director and lyricist for the song "Quabon ke parin parinde it also had a special award nominee or nomination for the star plus the hottest pair Rithik roshan and katrina kaif plus the hottest pair plus the hottest pair that's right that's just a few of them but yeah you go down the list Filmfare, uh, it had a bunch of wins there uh at the uh, Indian recording arts awards at the mirchi music awards uh india's national film awards india's screen awards the stardust awards the z cinema awards like it it like all bollywood film awards and it did well it did well for itself how to it do with the box office Well, Akhtar's film costs 450 million rupees to make, which is about $6.3 million, or $7.1 million in today's dollars. The movie premiered in India, the UK, Ireland, and the Netherlands on July 15, 2011, and here in the U.S. on a limited release in specialty theaters on 100 screens opposite Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2 and Winnie the Pooh. Movie earned three point one million domestically and twenty six point one million internationally for a total gross of thirty three point four million in today's dollars, giving it an adjusted profit per finished minute of one hundred sixty nine thousand dollars. It actually surprises me. I mean, we're talking domestically, but it, it surprises me that
1: it made that much money.
0: Uh, well, I don't know how it is where you are, but like certain theaters around me, and I'm assuming that these these specialty like these screens where it plays, like there they will hold one screen where it will be bollywood films quite often and uh, i've never walked into one to see how popular they are but i'm assuming that a lot of people who are big fans of these Bollywood movies go and see them and and they end up making the money so that's that's my guess yeah well now I need to go
1: find that theater yeah it's
0: I'm sure they're here I'm sure they're here I mean our well, it's my our, like our, my big like my AMC like they they will hold a screen and often it's not all the time but often I'll go down there and I'll see oh there's one showing some Bollywood movie that I I hadn't heard, didn't even know was uh, Wow this might need to be a
1: thing that I do. In 2022, yeah, it's a thing I do. In 22, it's just find. I, I'm sure you're right. Now that you say that, i I know. Whenever I jump on Fandango to buy tickets, there's always that theater, right, that has all these movies that I have. I'm just not connected to. I'm going to start doing this, Andy. I'm going to start seeing more Bollywood movies. Let's do it. This is a whole the new thing to a do. Whole, for it's going to be a whole new year. The thing to do for 22, and we just discovered a new thing to alliterate. <laughs> win-win well i thought it was a really fun experience and uh surprisingly rewarding uh, character journeys in this movie in it could have come off the rails in so many different places and it just managed to hold on all the way to a singing and dancing finale that really hit me in the sweet spot
0: it absolutely did it was a delight of a film uh you know I, i said i watched it with my uh, wife and my mom and we just all loved it it was just uh so much fun to watch just such great characters and again it's this sort of film about this personal journey and I I mean I I'm often to sucker with those sorts of films. And uh, and it worked exceptionally here. Like I just felt, found these characters a real joy and I enjoyed this journey with them. So, uh, absolute win for me. We're going to be right back uh,
1: with our ratings, but first we got a trailer for next week's movie. You know what it is? Anne Hui's A Simple Life. <音楽><音楽> 你真是挺好心的 不, <笑> All right, Andy the Letterbox. Uh, how'd you end up on your your review of this one? Oh.
0: Did you did you find the elusive sixth star? <laughs> I you know I'm so torn on this because like largely I just loved everything about the movie. It just was a complete uh, a win for me. It does have some of those uh, tropes that it falls onto to kind of, like, get the story going and give us those moments. Um, How much did they bug me? It's, you know, not not a lot. Not a lot. I mean, there's a little bit, but it's, I don't know. I I found it to be largely a big success. So I feel I'm going to end at four and a half, because this, I think, would definitely be an easy film to come back and revisit down the road. Uh, just full of life and uh, great music.
1: You know that's fascinating. I think I'm I'm probably in the same place. I was I came in to this conversation at four. I thought four stars is going to be where I land because I was just a little chuffed by the uh, by the the Jedi fortune cookie and the frustrated fiance. Tropes like they just didn't land right, but this is this is a movie that I hesitate not one bit to recommend to people who like, uh, who who I think are going to like these kinds of movies, rom coms, journey movies, character character sort of comedies. This is just a really rewarding film, so I think I'll be there with uh, right with you at four and a half stars and a heart.
0: Four and a half and a heart. All right. Well, that will be what we dropped over on Letterboxd. Four and a half and a heart. So what did you think about Zindagi Zendagi Namalegidabara? We want to know. Hop into the Show Talk channel in Discord. Over in our Discord server, we will be talking about it this week. And we'd love to have you in on the conversation.
1: When the movie ends,
0: our conversation begins.
1: Letterboxd giveth, Andrew.
0: As Letterbox always doeth. So these are the thirstiest reviews we could find? Is that our strategy? <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Although I do want to point out that Carl, who gave it four stars, calls out right away 10th anniversary. So thank you, Carl. It's like thank Carl you, was Carl. celebrating us, really. Carl's there with us. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And also, Carl does also call out the abs. He says, on a thirst level, I assume many are taken with Rithik Roshan, who displays his magnificent torso on the poster. I actually prefer Farhan Akhtar, whose chest and abs, luckily shown often, are also impressive. So clearly that's a thing. But yeah, sure, when you right there at the top, most popular review, four stars. Oh, to be a crushed tomato thrown at Rithik Roshan's abs. Well, I I have a follow up, another four
1: star from Wilson, who says, uh, who actually opens with the appropriate uh, level of thirst uh, himself. POV, you are a tomato being crushed by Rithik Roshan's muscular hand at a festival described as holy, but with tomatoes. Uh, Then goes on. Fantastic road trip movie from Zoya Akhtar with really solid performances from the three leads. Each of the guys had fully fleshed out storylines that all paid off. It always amazes me how the plotting in these Bollywood movies manages to be so tight with their long run times. Sparse musical numbers, but all of them count. A couple of Arjun and Layla scenes had me head over heels in love. I'm back in the Bollywood game, guys. Thank you, Wilson for the review that is the big surprise to me and it just reminds me that i i have seen bollywood movies i have probably not seen enough
0: yeah clearly not clearly not definitely on the list to see more like this so yep thanks letterboxd Okay, we are going to play a little game. I'm going to name a series from season 11, and you try to guess how many movies from it were adaptations.
1: Oh, our big 10th anniversary season featuring all female directors. Let's
0: do this. All right, here we go. Horror debuts. I'm already stumped. Oh, wait, uh, The Lure. Wasn't that based on The Little Mermaid? It was. Nice. Very loosely, at least. Um, How about 10th Anniversaries?
1: Hmm. That's a tough one.
0: So, 2011 films. Uh, We need to talk about Kevin. Yep. That was it. Spike Lee's member bonus? Another biopic? Hmm, Malcolm X. Nice. We have covered a lot of great movies that started as books, plays, even comics. Sources like Awakenings, Wild at Heart, The Virgin Suicides, Queen of Cotway, or Clueless. So many great movies from so many great sources, and they're all on Audible.
1: Producing this podcast is a lot of fun, but takes a lot of time.